Welcome to the Life Change Podcast. All right, guys. Um, Dr. Bo here. We got Chelsea, Nelson, RD. Hello. I say that every time. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. So, how's your day going? Good. Sunshine. Right. Um, my kids and husband are out of town, so I got some sleep last night. Yeah. yeah. You, your husband's been out of town a lot this summer. I know. He's a teacher, so he just has all so that freedom. Takes off, huh? I know. I'm a little jealous, I'll be honest. What's the, uh, what have been the kids' favorite trip so far with dad? Um, well, they actually just went to my grandma's house, so their great grandma's house, and yeah. she has a zip line in the backyard. Sweet. Um, she, of course, feeds them all the all the things they don't get at our house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and she takes them all the fun places. So I think honestly, that's been their favorite trip so far. Yeah. So we're going to grandma's house this weekend. Nice. Uh, so You're, they're going to get the same. Oh yeah. Same treatment. Uh, but man, it's good food down there. Yeah. Oh, you guys are going to like high Island. Okay. Yeah. If anybody didn't know, I'm from high Island, Texas. <laughs> and if you don't know you, where that is, I'm still from, yeah, <laughs> you won't find it. You won't find it. Yeah. That's right. Tried to ship something there. I tried once and didn't go very well. Yeah, they Remember don't uh, house numbers. Yeah. They're kind of a suggestion in, in High <laughs> Island. It's kind of wild. Uh, I, me I remember as a kid that, you know, the 911 system came out and they forced people to get house numbers. Huh. And before, you know, like that, before I was like, um, if I, I don't know, eight, nine years old, like there were no house numbers in High Island, Texas. Wow. So you just lived there. Nobody knew exactly where. Everybody knew yeah. your name. Yeah, and yeah. like they just knew, okay, this yeah, goes just, to this person. You just rode your horse into town and asked where, <laughs> you know, whoever was. Yeah. Well. Well, well today we're going to talk about body composition. Mm -hmm. uh, what's it mean? How do we use it? How do you use it? Mm -hmm. uh, why it's a better metric than the scale and BMI. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people don't know what BMI is, body mass index, it's kind of a calculated ratio of your height to weight. doesn't really take into account your body composition. Right. Is that what you wanted to point out? Yeah. So body composition being what is your body actually made of? So within that, let's say, you know, 200 pounds that you weigh, um, what part of that is muscle versus what part of that is fat versus everything else? Yeah. And skeletal muscle and then, mm -hmm. uh, and then certain... Um, body composition testing modalities or machines will tell you visceral fat versus, you know, body fat, uh, yeah. you know, visceral fat being that fat around your organs. But I'm sure we're going to cover all that. So let's dive in. What are your talking sure. points? Well, I think the biggest thing that we see, especially in our world, is just people wanting so much to get down to a normal BMI, quote unquote normal. I'm going to have to say that out loud. BMI or weight? Uh, BMI, a lot of times, I think oh. because they're doctors are like, yeah. Hey, your BMI is rah, rah, rah. and so they feel like, okay, well, I just want my doctor off of my case. So if I can get down to a normal BMI, my doctor will be off my case. Okay. So let's start by defining BMI. Mm -hmm. So, you know, BMIs are on a scale from like what zero to infinity. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Really and truly about, I don't know, 10 to a hundred. Realistically speaking. Yeah. Um, so uh, just in definitions, uh, so a BMI over a 25 to 29.9 mm -hmm. is overweight. Overweight. And a BMI over 30 to uh, 40. Uh, so a BMI of 30 to 40 is obese. Mm-hmm. If you have a medical comorbidity, a BMI of 35 and above is morbidly obese. Mm -hmm. 
or if you're over a BMI of 40, you're morbidly obese. Without and then comorbidity. going over 40, they keep changing terms to be to be less offensive. I mean, it used to be called like super, super morbid, morbid obese. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't really know the terms uh, over 40 anymore, but just, you know, over a BMI of 40, uh, morbidly obese. Yeah. Um, I don't know where they came up with all those names. Uh, <laughs> I don't either. But, and I really don't think they matter. Like really and truly all you got to know is like below 25 is considered normal. 25 to 30 is overweight. 30 and above is obese. So yeah, if you're a BMI of 20 to 25, you're normal. And if you're below that, you're underweight. Technically like underweight starts at I think 18.5. 18.5. Really random number, but yeah. Okay. 18.5 or below is underweight. Yeah. And so they can they can kind of globally, you know, the in America, over fifty to sixty percent fall in the obese category, mm -hmm. and five to eight percent, depending on where you live, fall in the morbidly obese category. Yeah, and I think where we live, that percentage Probably is eight to ten percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so BMI not a good indicator of what your body's made of, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. we can have, you know, some, you know, bodybuilders come in here and be BMIs of 32s. Absolutely. But, you know, the majority of that's muscle. It's very little fat. So it's really hard to use BMI as an actual gauge. Uh, but it's built for population. It's built for the, the average. So all of medicine, you know, when you go to the doctor is based off BMI, right? Right. Yeah, I always kind of say this, you know, BMI is one of those things where it's just it's a number that's there because we had to have something. Right. I think most health professionals would probably tell you like, yeah, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. Like it tells me pretty much zero about your health. You know, it can maybe give me an idea, but um, it's not definitive. So, but it has to be there because otherwise, how do we define things? Now, I think that we could actually define things with other numbers and just get rid of BMI, but it's a lot harder to do that. Well, yeah, not every clinic's going to have, I mean, every yeah. clinic's got a scale and some way to measure your height. So that's yeah. most likely why we use that so commonly, but not every clinic's going to have a, a DEXA machine or some kind of body composition machine. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Exactly. So. And we've got to label you. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be labeled. <laughs> and if you're wanting surgery, your insurance does care about your BMI. Yeah. So for that reason, we'll care about it. Yeah. Ever okay. so slightly. So, so that's BMI. But then, you know, of course, people like, hey, I want to be down to X amount of weight. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe having these unrealistic expectations that you see in media or that somebody else has put on you, you know, just this idea of being like model thin. Yeah. Which, you know, don't make that your goal. Because um, <laughs> yeah. now that we talk about body composition, you know, that that conversation may change. Like I want to be model thin. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's kind of a, a, you know, and I don't know if it's just media or, but the idea of thin skinny, you know, those are terms that are thrown out that aren't realistic terms. Right. Right. They're, they're probably more so a feeling mm -hmm. like I feel skinny. For I feel sure. thin. Mm -hmm. Um, but being skinny or thin does not equate to health and wellness, uh, for the most part. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. So what would you prefer to do? Get out the calipers and start squeezing everybody's <laughs> back arm? And, no. You know, yeah. I'm I'm really honestly a pretty big fan of the DEXA scan. 
Okay. Explain to us DEXA. <laughs> so um, I don't know what the, it's D-E-X-A and that stands for something. It's like x-ray something or other. Anyways, it uses x-ray technology and what it does is it gives us a very good look inside your body at what's going on. It gives us your body composition. So it'll tell us how much muscle, how much fat um, of that muscle and fat, you know, what part of that is around like the visceral fat, the around the liver area, um, what part is bone, it'll show us your bone density. So it really and truly breaks it down in, in a really specific way. And it's not affected by a lot of other things. So we have other ways of measuring body fat percentage, like you mentioned, like calipers, yeah. or you could stand on a, like we even have one here that we use for some patients. It's called a Tanita, but it's basically, it sends electrical currents through your body. Mm -hmm. Those are okay, um, but they can be pretty inaccurate, especially when you're dealing with water weight. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, and then when you're talking about calipers, like, well, you have to measure at the exact same spot every time to yeah. get a true accurate result. And we're human, so we yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Kind of the way I think about it, uh, the original body composition testing was done in pools mm -hmm. and, and as a you density to, test. You had to sink. So, yeah, you would put, put you in a pool, let you float, and then they would measure the buoyancy. Uh, I may have screwed that word up, but... Um, <laughs> And based off how you floated, you know, they had some calculations. They could tell you what percent fat you were, what percent muscle you were. Couldn't probably couldn't tell you visceral fat. Uh, yeah, I don't imagine. I so. mm -mm. And then the the Tanita, the other machines are impedance based, so they send electrical waves to your body, and muscle and fat conduct electricity differently, mm -hmm. and so they can tell based off of the basically the relay transmissions what percent uh, yeah. you are. Uh, I think the impedance base does try to give you some uh, insight into visceral fat, but obviously mm -hmm. not accurate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can get on, if I come in extremely dehydrated one day and get on uh, an impedance-based uh, body composition machine, I can be at like 12% body fat. Yeah. <laughs> and then I come back the next day completely hydrated and I'm at 20% body fat. For so sure. like, where do you go with that? You know, I used to have work at a gym and we did the scans for everybody when they came in to start their workout. Um, and I would have people who would be like, I will not step on that scale until I go to the bathroom. I was like, you are really defeating the purpose of getting yeah. an accurate result here. But I mean, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, so yeah. There's ways to cheat it. Cheat I guess. the system. Yeah. That's right. Whereas the DEXA machine doesn't do that. It's not mm -hmm. based off of electrical uh, relay currents. Right. Uh, if anybody's done a DEXA, it kind of looks like an open air CT or MRI type machine. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of slowly goes over your head and your body while you're laying flat. Um, the reason, so I don't know if you know the story about our DEXA machine. Uh, uh, I'm looking forward to it, maybe. Well, I really wanted a DEXA scan for myself and <laughs> there was nobody in Amarillo doing it. Um, and gotcha. so that, that's actually how we end up with a Tanita. But the Tanita being impedance-based, you can't bill for that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if it's a formal test, like a DEXA, you can bill. Uh, so we, we bought off that cost and then slowly realized that insurance does not pay for a DEXA scan. Uh, just one a year uh, for bone density for bone testing. Density yeah. And most commonly, your primary care provider is doing that once mm -hmm. you get to the certain age that you need to have your bones scanned. And if you're under that age, they don't pay for it. So. And I think once you've had one, I felt like it's like every five years or two years. Yeah. I don't know. Not often. My financial plan did not work out is what I'm saying. <laughs> but 
I have a really cool machine for myself. That would be absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and he does use it. I can, I can vouch. Yeah. Yeah. Every six months, whether I want to or not. Mm -hmm. Anytime I change dietary plans or like eating plans, like if I go keto, you know, I want to know what that's doing. If I go plant-based, I want to know what that's doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so what are we looking at? Uh, what, so when I sit down and review a DEXA scan with a patient, uh, I'm looking at muscle mass. And so you're going to fall into two categories, three categories, under muscled, appropriately muscled or over muscled. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're, then we're going to look at body fat percentage. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, obviously that's what people want to work on. Uh, and then we're going to look at the visceral fat. Uh, so that fat around your organs and the way they can differentiate these two is that's denser. It's denser, more inflammatory fat. Mm -hmm. So that's why they can, uh, they can, Pain they can point. take a look at that. Yeah. The re the real reason I like the DEXA is people, and we're all guilty of this. So if you're listening to this and you, you say you don't agree with me, you're, you're lying. <laughs> um, you know, we, we do a health and wellness change in our life. We make a change or we, we get motivated and we're going to yeah, say cut out Cokes or stop smoking or, you know, I'm going to cut out processed carbs or whatever. And you give that about three weeks. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, and you see hardly any progress. Yeah. And your primary measurement here is a scale at home, mm -hmm. like a physical weight. Right. Um, so you have really no idea what's going on with your body. You just know that the scale didn't change. Mm -hmm. But if you have a DEXA scan, I can then, if I say I'm kind of getting to that, am I doing the right thing? Uh, uh, I, I want to give up because I haven't seen scale change. The DEXA can give you real insight to, to gains. Uh, mm -hmm. And what I mean by that. If you come in and you've decreased your visceral fat by 30%, you've lost two, you know, 2% of body fat and you've gained one pound of muscle, that's, that is huge progress, huge progress, absolutely, but no scale change. That's right. And people give up. They do. They're like, oh, it's just not working. It's mm -hmm. just, I, I'm working so hard. It's not working. And, you know, kind of one of the big things I tell people is you, you almost have to earn your ability to lose weight. Uh, you got to correct the underlying problems if you want sustainable weight loss. Right. Right. So if I, if I'm making changes, my visceral fat's coming down, boom, I'm making good, I'm making good progress. Scale hasn't changed, but I'm making good progress. I'm going to get to that point where I can earn the ability to, you know, sustainably lose fat mass. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even, we're not even bringing in like the hormone conversation or the inflammation com conversation. But if you are decreasing visceral fat, you are correcting hormones. You are correcting inflammation. inflammation. Yeah, for sure. Is that how you look at it? It is. And you're decreasing your risk ultimately. I think that's what a lot of people, you know, if you really think about it, why are you wanting to lose weight? For most people, you know, maybe it's a number, but it's mostly, hey, I want to be healthier. I want to live longer, have a better quality of life. You know, it's those types of things. And that visceral fat number is... I mean, it's the number that we can look at on the DEXA scan to tell you, are you making progress towards that goal? And if your number is going down, that visceral fat percentage is going down, absolutely, you're making that progress, even if you can't see it on the scale. Yeah. And another thing I look at uh, when I talk to patients is, is that muscle mass. Mm -hmm. Because if you are under-muscled and significantly overweight, you got a big hill to climb. Yeah. And those are the those those are the most difficult situations. Um and, you know, that kind of equates to, you know, how we feel about glucose. Um, you know, you got a bucket, which is made up of your muscle and your liver. That's mm -hmm. primarily where your body, where insulin wants to take glucose. 
And, and if those two things are full, everything that spills over goes to fat, mm -hmm. right? So I either have to control my bucket size or I got to control what I'm filling the bucket up with. Those are your two options yeah. to lose weight. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got a really small bucket, you have to really can control what goes into that bucket, carbohydrate wise, sugar, glucose wise. Mm -hmm. um, so people that have really small buckets, it, like they can drill down on their diet and might not see results. It's, and then it's because we got a small bucket. You know, right. we're just overflowing really easily. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've driven my carbs down to 50 grams a day and I'm still not seeing results it's because you're, you're under muscled. Yeah. You don't have and, anywhere for it to go. And putting muscle back on, you know, that can be a challenge depending on where you are mobility wise. Like mm -hmm. if I'm three or 400 pounds overweight and I'm under muscled, um, you know, what can I do? Right? Yeah. But if you want to be truthful with people, I mean, this is a conversation you have, right? For sure it is. And I think it's helpful to know. And something that's interesting that you told me one time is like, you can actually see that when you go in to surgery. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, we're in the belly. So we're seeing the visceral fat. Yeah. Like tell, like share what it looks like. Chelsea, Chelsea has not seen an operation. She, this is her business and she won't come see an operation. I would like to, but I am terrified that I'm going to faint, pass out. I'll be dead on the floor. Well, just, I just edited some videos from yesterday. So, but that's not, that's not what bothers me. It is not seeing the like inside of a person that bothers me. I can look at that all day. What is it? <laughs> it would be more like the sound of your instruments like going into the abdomen. That's very quiet. They go through truck cars. I know it's not quiet though. I could totally hear it. I can hear it. Right now. All you hear is beep, <laughs> beep, beep. Hopefully you hear beep, beep. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right. But I'm going to, I'm going to do it sometime, but I've got to bring somebody with me that way. Yeah. You know? So in your abdomen, uh, there's something called the omentum, um, for all you folks out there in the cattle industry, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, so it's a it's a, a basically a drape of fat uh, that hangs from your stomach, like your actual stomach, not your outsides. Mm -hmm. So your physical anatomical stomach, it drapes down and then it reflects back up to the colon. And basically, it's the gatekeeper of the abdomen. Uh, if there's anything inflammatory, like appendicitis or perforated ulcer, diverticulitis or gallbladder problem your body wants to wall that off and that's the omentum's job it goes around and walls things off to try to localize it uh when people are fit and healthy it's a thin veil it's a very mobile can get around can move uh it's it, i think it you know this is speculation but they they think it's it's it moves around based off hormonal and inflammatory signals so if it starts putting out some signals about something that omentum gravitates over to it so that's one thing that we see that's really enlarged uh, when people have high amounts of visceral fat and it's not mobile, it's not healthy, and it actually gets very inflammatory itself. And then you also have uh, a fat that it's called the mesentery. So your, your intestines are kind of tethered to your core. It's while the vessels run to it and there's fat protecting all that. And that's a protective mechanism. And that should be very thin and mobile too, but we deposit fat into that. Uh, and that gets really stiff and it gets really, uh, hard to move. And then you have other fat, fat around your kidneys, fat around your heart, fat. It's all visceral, you know, visceral being Latin term for organs. organs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, visceral fat. Um, so where are we going with that? Well, I think what kind of opened my eyes was when you said that, like, Hey, physically, whenever I go in to see a surgery, like I basically have an idea if this person is 
uh, a normal amount of muscle or under muscled. And from your experience, the under muscled people have a lot harder time mm -hmm. losing the weight, keeping it off. It's a more slow process. You know, it's, just, it's a struggle and uphill yeah. battle, like you said. Yeah. And most of it's immobility because uh, if you think about being overweight, usually your body compensates. So if you're overweight and you're mobile, you're usually not under muscled. Right. Because mm -hmm. your body, you're, I mean, you're carrying 50, 100, right. 200 extra pounds of weight. So your body has to adapt to that. So most, you know, the majority, 85% or, or slightly higher, but the people that come in for weight loss surgery, they are appropriately muscled. Mm -hmm. They are, you know, even some of them are slightly over muscled. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you're significantly overweight and you're not active, you're not mobile, and you've lost a ton of muscle strength, you know, you know, the conversation for those folks like, yeah, weight loss surgery is going to be one tool, but we've got to get you into some type of resistance mm -hmm. training. Yep. So, you know, a lot of people, in, they're immobile, they're going to go do like water workouts. Mm -hmm. And that's like baseline resistance. Like, yeah, it's minimal. You know, yeah, minimal resistance. It's mm -hmm. something. If that's where you're at, do it. Absolutely. But have a goal to get past that for you sure. Know, minimal walking, mm -hmm. you know, ideally some resistance bands or weight training. Um, yeah. But if you are, under muscled that it's going to make it really hard to lose weight. Yeah. And part of that, right. It, you know, you talked about the bucket, like you just don't have as big of you a know, the bucket. Reservoir. You don't have the buffer, but yeah. also muscle is where a lot of our mitochondria lie. And oh, yeah. that's, that's our metabolism. That's what helps us burn things. And so if you have less of that muscle, you've got less of that burning going well, on. Well, yeah. So we didn't mention that with the deck. So they, they also produce a basal metabolic rate, mm -hmm. uh, based off calculation and muscle density. Mm -hmm. And you know, like Chelsea's saying, uh, white fat because there's two types of there's three types of fat so you know white fat brown right. fat beige fat uh brown fat very metabolically active this is like when you're born all the fat you have is usually brown fat uh metabolically active it's easy it's really good at converting energy uh white fat which is the stuff you know around our waist on our arms has like minimal to to no activity. metabolic activity there mm -hmm. are no mitochondria um so going back to a high school biology term there or college, you know, wherever you heard it, but mitochondria are the little powerhouses in each cell that converts energy for us. It yeah. takes carbs, it takes fat, it takes whatever, and it produces energy. It converts ADP to ATP via yeah. the NADH and ADH plus system. <laughs> and, you know, we kind of gloss over that. That's where everything goes wrong mm -hmm. at the mitochondrial. We were planning on doing a podcast on mitochondria, but yeah. we don't know how many people are going to really be interested. <laughs> it's a pretty science topic. Mitochondria. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But muscle has the highest density of mitochondria. Mm -hmm. And so if we think about taking energy substrate uh, or, or packets of energy, carbs, uh, protein, fat, mm -hmm. ketones, and converting it to ATP, if I don't have those little machines running around, I can't convert. So right. if I can't convert, what am I going to do? Store, store it. it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to store it. Um, and, you know, if you if you look at aging. So, you know, I, I tell people, I, I hate the fact that we call this weight loss surgery mm -hmm. and I'd rather call it lifestyle improvement or, you know, yeah. uh, fat loss at the, at the worst. <laughs> like I don't want to lose weight. I don't lose fat. Right. Yes. Um, but I, man, I really, I had a good point there. What was it? <laughs> um, Oh, um, Oh, if we think about, all right. So I, I don't like my trajectory in life. I'm, I'm looking at like, I'm, I'm aches, pains, I get sleep apnea, diabetes, this and that. Your your ultimate goal is improving your quality of life and aging better. Yep. Right? Right. And when people get stuck on the scale and they can't see past that number, 
and they can't look at how well am I aging? How, because if you look at what, what, uh, what is the best predictor of my ability to age well, like retire and still be functional? Oh, your, your muscle mass. Your muscle mass. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because so it affects everything. Yeah. So people worry about their fat mass, mm -hmm. but, and, 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 and there's detriments to having an overabundance of fat, you know, inflammatory stuff and all that. Right. But if I, if I want to lose weight, but I also want to age well, I've got to pay, I have to pay attention mm -hmm. to my muscle mass. Yeah. I mean, your grip strength, your balance, your mobility, mobility. your flexibility. Mm -hmm. And yeah, even, just, even like immunity affected by muscle mass, yeah. like everything. Yeah. It's a grand buffer. And I tell people this too with surgery, you know, because let's say somebody comes in and they are like over muscled. So they're just, um, historically people would say big boned. That's mm -hmm. how people describe it. And really what it is, is you were just, I don't know, built, you were maybe genetically designed to just have more muscle, like mm -hmm. either that, or you were very active as a kid. I see that a lot. Like, uh, people coming in for surgery and they were super active as a kid, played a lot of sports, did a lot mm -hmm. of like you know, working out, whatever. And so they've just kind of held on to that muscle yeah. um, because they've stayed active. Well, if you, if you set your base in, 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 in your youth, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you are active, you lift weights, um, and that's the reason it's a big deal, you know, in, in this time and era that kids are not active. They're on iPads, mm -hmm. they're on watching TV, they're not participating in sports. It's getting, I don't know about you, I mean, I'm really motivated for my kids being sports, but it's getting harder and harder to, sure. to get them into sports. Yeah. All the traveling. I don't want to travel to freaking Albuquerque and Denver <laughs> right. and yeah. you know Oklahoma City every weekend. I, mean, I mm -hmm. love those places, but I don't want to. Yeah, go you there. want to maintain yeah, some yeah. quality of life as yeah. well. <laughs> uh, but you know, we've got to pay attention to the you know, kids' activity levels. Nothing to do. I mean, obviously, obesity. Uh, you know, sure, get, getting overweight is a. But it's also that that muscular base that you develop mm -hmm. as a child. Um, and you know, I turned forty-two years ago, and like I had this grandiose plan. Well, I, I executed it, so it wasn't a plan. Like, uh, but I, I really had this idea of how much muscle that I wanted to carry into my forties because you hit like 45, 50 and statistically, I mean, you're losing percentages of muscle every year till you die. Yeah. Like and, fairly large percent, like two. Yeah. Well, your protein needs go up mm -hmm. and how many people are out there telling elderly folks that, Hey, you need double the amount of protein. Nobody, nobody. I've worked nobody in those is. places. Yeah, they're not. Nobody's telling you the truth, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and so, you know, muscle mass, uh, you know, it's something we see on the DEXA scan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you're on a weight loss journey, what, I, what I'd like to call a fat loss journey, mm -hmm. we don't want to lose weight. We want to lose fat. So Absolutely. we want that DEXA. Because we, you know, we sell a package here. It's mm -hmm. like when you have surgery, I mean, you get a package of five. Mm -hmm. How many people do it? Uh, 30%. 30%. Yep. Yeah. And man, and I love it when they do it because when you've got that package and you come to me at your three month visit and you're so excited, I've lost 80 pounds in three months. First of all, it's a kind of a red flag for me. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, a lot of weight, three months, uh, a lot of weight yeah. in three months, but let's look at it. Um, and if you've lost 20 pounds of muscle, we got to make some big changes. Yeah. Look at protein goals, look mm -hmm. at resistance training. Yeah. I mean, we've but then start also, you know, it. being conscious of, Hey, did you start off over muscle? Sure. Yeah. You know, because if you lose weight and you're over muscled, you're naturally going to lose, lose some muscle, some muscle. mass. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Going to happen. But, but if we see big muscle losses, right. like, hey, you're not getting enough protein, you're not active. You know, you're just really leaning on the surgery. For sure. Yeah. And with surgery, you know, you do kind of dip. I think people just generally maybe lose a little more muscle than they should. But if they're willing to continue with the plan of nutrition, of exercise, they'll gain it. You know, they'll be able to mm -hmm. build it back once they get to that point. Okay.
something. So, but I also, so I've been recently, I use the DEXA scan as a way to give somebody a realistic goal weight, because I just find that so many people have such unrealistic expectations for their weight. I wish everybody would just not care about weight. I wish they would come in and be like, yeah, body fat percentage all the way. That's what I'm tracking. That and my quality, my quality of life well, metrics. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like if there was a number like, yeah, I, okay, let's focus on body fat, but that's just not the reality. Mm -hmm. Uh, 0% of people come to me saying they would like to be at an X percent body fat. Well, Chelsea, I want to be at 8%. <laughs> okay, but we're going to have to talk about expectations. Okay. <laughs> How old are you again? 42, I think you said. So you're saying I can't get to 8% body fat? Uh, I don't know. Is it a challenge? I got, I I got the 9 can't? four years ago, five years ago. Okay. Yeah, it's tough though. It's, it's very tough. tough, especially as you age. You're just yeah. really not designed to be that low as you age. No, no, I'm not. Uh, that and uh, I hate running. Uh, I hate cardio <laughs> in general. I don't mind lifting weights. Uh, uh -huh. But the, that zone two training is like the, the yeah, stickler. the death of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I use it to give people a realistic expectation. And I um, I w would hope that people would actually listen to me <laughs> whenever I tell them Dang that. Dang it. Everybody listen to Chelsea. <laughs> All right. Bo approves of my method of yeah, telling just people. Just listen to me. Just listen to me. Um, because yeah. it is. It, it's unrealistic for you to just base it on a BMI or an ideal weight or mm -hmm. whatever you were in high school. Yeah unrealistic. All right. We got one minute starting now. What's our wrap up? Wrap up. Um, get your DEXA. Yeah. Get your DEXA Throw and your scale away. be intrinsically motivated. Okay? okay. Find something within you, not something external, you know, not the way you look, not the way you, whatever your weight is on the scale, your BMI number, but something like we talked about quality of life, um, your ability to do the things that you would like to do, your health, those are the things that I would encourage you to be motiv motivated by with your weight loss journey. Okay. 30 seconds left. What motivates you? Uh, longevity. Like yeah, that's mine. Yeah. I mean, just being around, being healthy, being healthy if I'm around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to just be around. I want to oh, be healthy. I'll leave, everybody with, I'll leave everybody with my philosophy. I've talked about it before, but I'm, I'm training to be 90. That's right. So right. go forth and train to be 90. Go forth and yeah. train to be 90. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, guys.